Welcome to the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast. I'm Corey Shapiro. In this podcast, we discuss divorce news. We answer listener questions. I also sometimes provide my observations about relationships. I've been a family lawyer for a while. I have a lot to say. In divorce news, I have a very good example of how high-conflict divorces work. It's actually not a divorce. It's a post-divorce matter. And when I tell you about this case or what's in the news, it's going to surprise you. First of all, it involves none other than Phil Collins, who ruled the 1980s. He's an amazing musician, a drummer. He's even an actor. He's won an Academy Award. I looked him up on Spotify. He still gets 15 million listens a month. The guy's big time. But as with most people... They have personal lives, and his personal life is in shambles. And the story I'm going to tell you, if you don't know it already, is surprising even to me. Okay, here's what happened. He married this woman, Orion Sevi, in 1999. Okay, just fine. Good for them. They had two sons, but they got divorced in 2008. She got a lot of money at that divorce settlement, and you move on with your life like everyone else does. I think she even got remarried to someone else. But then, years later, in 2016, they tried again, a second chance at love. They don't get married this time, but they live together, act as boyfriend and girlfriend, right? So what's the issue between these two people? Now their relationship is over. I think she even remarried someone else after she just met the person briefly in Vegas, you know, like an Elvis wedding. That's what she had. So what is she fighting Phil Collins about? Can't she just leave him alone? Let him play his music? Let him live his life? I think he's in his 70s now. All right, so here's the deal. She claims he gifted her half of his Miami mansion, tens of millions of dollars it's worth. And of course, he denies the gift. There's no documentation, I believe. Nothing's come out in the news. If there was, it might be a little easier. So there's no settlement. So what does she do? She puts on the offensive. And she's really just throwing him under the bus, making all these allegations, which are not related at one bit to the gift, but just making him look like the craziest, meanest, saddest person out there. The only problem is this is Phil Collins. He's a winner. He's an Academy Award winner. He's not giving up. He's not settling. So all this dirty laundry is coming out and he has to deal with it. And I don't want to get into that. But if you're interested, you can Google and check out what's going on. But it reminds me of the saying we have in the legal community, when you have the law, you pound the law. If you have the facts, you pound the facts. If you have nothing, you pound the table. And this is a great example of how you pound the table at high, high conflict divorce levels. Very, very good job. I'm not, listen, when I say good job, I'm admiring it, but I think it's horrible what they're doing to him. All right. So what's the problem? Well, first of all, legally, and just my thoughts on it, it's very hard to prove an oral gift, right? It sounds like more of a statement of intention. I'm not even sure he can do this because I looked up the Miami home was owned by a corporation. I'm not sure you can even gift shares in a corporation. Don't you have to follow the bylaws? I don't know. So it's a whole legal mess, big legal challenge. Usually I found there's a, there's a correlation between more pounding the table and the higher burden that she's going to have to prove her case, right? Because she's really trying to get a settlement. And her last move speaks volumes of how this practice, how this dark art practice works. She's 
taking his deposition, which is done in a lot of litigation cases, but she's videotaping it. And she's going to have her lawyers ask all these questions that are just going to throw him under the bus and doesn't get anyone one step closer, I'm sure, about the, the actual legal implications of a gift. So this is a crazy sideshow. I do hope it settles, and I do hope Phil Collins can enjoy the remaining years of his life. Also his ex. I hope she enjoys her life too. All right, so let's move to the question of the episode. Ms. Dollars and Cents asks, how much does a typical divorce cost? How much does a typical divorce cost? Well, dollars and cents, I'm sorry to give you my trite response, which is, it depends, but it really does. But let's just go through a range of options, starting out at the most amicable, most amicable, and you have really no issues. You just want to get a divorce. So that could be, if you do it yourself, maybe just a court filing fees, which could be just a few hundred dollars. If you can't even afford that, some states allow a waiver of that fee, depending on your financial situation. If you want to go online, there's services that can even do these uncontested papers for you. You could hire a lawyer, which might increase the cost a little bit, maybe a thousand, two thousand, depending on who the lawyer is, where the lawyer is. And then if you have an agreement, this is if you have issues that need to be hashed out, like you're going to pay child support, you have a parenting agreement because you're sharing children, uh, you need spousal support, so you have to put in the agreement. That's where things can get a little bit more pricey, but I would say several thousand dollars if everyone's on the same page. But if you're moving to more of a contested matter where you have such differences in your positions, you want X, the other person wants Y, and you're hiring a lawyer, most lawyers bill hourly. And that hourly amount can range from just, you know, even at the lower end, a few hundred dollars to major cities over a thousand dollars an hour. It gets crazy. And those hours go quick. So I would say if you are in a agreement and you're relatively, after maybe a little back and forth negotiations, even 20, 25 hours of a lawyer's time is not unreasonable. If it's going to get a little bit more contested, a little bit more high conflict, I mean, it can go 150 hours or more. It can really go out there. And the only thing I would tell you is you have, have to understand, some people are forced to go down this path. It reminds me of if my arm was cut off and I was going to go to a doctor, I would literally pay that doctor everything I have, everything my family has to put my arm back on. And some people are in that situation. Okay, those are the real situations. Other people are being forced into a situation over nonsense, which may be Phil Collins' situation. I'm not exactly sure. Sounds a little bit like that. So that's my range. I hope it helps you dollars and cents to give you some clarity on this issue, because I know it's anxiety producing. You know, it's not a flat fee model. People in com contested divorces who call me, who have your concerns, I tell them, please go to mediation if you can. Try to work through those emotional issues. And if not, be very clear with your attorney what your price point is. And another thing I would say is don't be into this type of game that some lawyers will give a low retainer right? Like a sort of, I call it a bait and switch, like a low retainer, but like, don't worry about it. I would worry about it because the, the retainer might not necessarily be the ultimate cost. Last thing I will say is there are a lot of laws in a lot of states that uh, make the moneyed spouse pay for attorney fees. And that's how they really temper a lot of aggressive litigation. So I hope this is helpful. And I think we're going to wrap up the episode here. 
please go to podcast.gettingdivorced.org. You can submit a voice question. You can provide email feedback. We read all the feedback. It really makes me happy to get it. So thank you so much for sending it. And we're trying to improve our show. So thank you for listening. Let us know if it was helpful. Bye. Thank you.